You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It is time. It is time. They can't beat the Packers. Are you crazy? You're listening to Cheese and Packers, a project powered by the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm your host, JJ Leahy. Uh, it's going to be a short one today because I'm running out of time. Uh, the holidays are absolutely nuts. Uh, <laughs> it's been a weird week without having any Packers football to watch. And usually, there's a lot of stuff to think about as it pertains to the playoffs. As it pertains to the state of the NFC North and the playoff race that we like to talk about during this week. And kind of none of that matters. Jordan Love, make headlines though. Thank you, Jordan. <laughs> Jason Wilde, um, who might be the whiniest person in all of Packers media. I don't think I've ever have seen anything from him that didn't involve some sort of complaining about his job. (laughs) Talk to Jordan Love. Um, And he wrote an article. And uh, rather than just telling you what other people have said, uh, Jason said, here's what Jason said in his article. He talked to Jordan about the other uh, three first-round quarterbacks taken in 2020. That'd be Joe Burrow, Tua Tungvaloa, and Justin Herbert. All three of them have had, honestly, a lot of success in the NFL. Um, Very, very promising quarterbacks, all three of them. Love said, I wouldn't say I get jealous of them. Uh, I think of the position they're in. We're all obviously from the same class, and they came in and got the opportunity to play right away. That's just not the situation here. I think if I came in and was starting my first year, and was able to play three years as a starter, I think I'd be right there with them doing the same things. But that's just not the situation. Wildy says, I asked how he thought he'd have played if he would have been thrust into the starting lineup as a rookie. Love replied, I think about that a lot, actually. If I were somewhere else starting right away, obviously it's hard for rookie quarterbacks and young quarterbacks. And if it doesn't go your way right away, it's like they're already looking for someone else to replace you. It's tough. I just think I'm getting this opportunity to sit, learn, and not be thrown into the fire right away. 
and I think it'll pay off for sure. By the way, I agree. Love looked pretty terrible. Um, was it 2020? Yeah, it was 2020. Um, so he was, he was a rookie when he played that Chiefs game. I mean, it was... That was that was um, a, a, a depressing game to watch because I think although you, you saw some flashes at times, it kind of seemed like he hadn't really learned anything since since college. You know, his mechanics were a little bit better, uh, but the vision just didn't seem to be there. Um, the, the, the timing was way off. He did not remotely seem in control of the huddle or the offensive line was not on the same page with any of his receivers, including Devontae Adams. It was a discouraging game to watch. And it made you think like, man, <laughs> the kid needs to keep sitting for a while. And I don't know if he's ever going to be ready to play. Uh, and then you can, you know, contrast that to the what nine snaps that he played against Philly a couple weeks ago and it, where he just looks like a different player entirely. So I, I think that sitting and, and getting learned has been really good for him. You know, and, and would he have developed if he was playing this whole time? I, yeah, yeah, he, he would have developed, but he might have uh, been picking up some bad habits. I think that a lot of teams would not have had the patience to um, keep playing him all that time as he's losing games, as he's throwing bad picks, as he's not seeing defenders. So... Um, anyways, going on with uh, his comments, he said, I'm appreciative of the situation. Obviously, I want to be out there on the field, but I'm appreciative of the situation. What am I talking about? The The Kansas City game was in 2021. That was not 2020. They started to run together after a little bit, but uh, that was definitely 2021. Uh, Jason's article is on Madison.com. I'm not going to share everything that's in this, but you should go ahead and read it. Um, give him the click. <sighs> He's got some other, other quotes in here that I do want to share, though. I think, this is Love speaking again, I think since I came back this offseason, my confidence has just been rising every time I step on the field. I'm able to see myself make these plays, and it's like, oh, I can do this too. Obviously, I've seen Aaron do a lot of those things, and now I'm starting to do those too. And I think if he can do it, I can do it too, so let's try it and see. My confidence has just been building and building and building. So this is the part where everybody has been just talking nonstop about, about the speculation that Willie came to without actually reading what was said by Jordan. Willie says, I asked him if Rogers comes back for the 2023 season, is he really willing to sit out for another year? Love replied, that's something for me and my agent to talk about. We'll figure that out. He goes on to say, if they say, Hey, Aaron's done for the season. You're starting then. Okay. I'll control what I can control. I'm not in control of that situation. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen this offseason. I don't know what's going to happen next year. Obviously, my contract, things like that, I don't know. So I try not to put too much thought into it. Yeah, I think about it, but why waste time or have anxiety over a situation that who knows what's going to happen? That is all Jason wrote. <laughs> There's nothing else from Jordan. So the, the headline uh, shared by... Somebody out there, a genius on Twitter, not me, is that uh, Jason Wildey says that Jordan Love may request a trade if Aaron Rodgers is back next year. Okay. 
I don't see that in Love's quote. But obviously, whether or not he had said anything, whether he said something to Wildey off the record, it's clearly a possibility. Andrew Brandt, uh, former Packers executive, has talked numerous times about uh, what it was like. Actually, I think I got the clip here. Hang on. This was the ultimate present versus future selection. So we had about 16, 18 players rated as first-round grades that night. Two things happened that night. All 16 or 18, whatever the number is, except one, were gone. We wanted DeMarcus Ware, gone, Cowboys. We wanted Marcus Spears, gone, Cowboys. We wanted Derek Johnson, the linebacker, gone, Chiefs. We wanted even David Pollock, gone, Brangles. All these players are gone, and then we're looking at the board and only has one name up there. Now we see what's going to happen. We've got the most durable quarterback in the history of the game. His name is Brett Favre. He never missed a play. We don't need a quarterback, and our coaches are going nuts. We can't do this because coaches need someone that can help right away. The immediacy of coaching, they're going to be judged. And then we've got management or personnel looking at me and saying to me when I ask, Andrew, what do we always say? Trust the board. So we got Aaron on the phone. I kept him there because I called his agent. I kept his agent waiting 13 minutes. We had 15 back then. Poor guy sitting in the green room. The, the caterers are tapping their feet. Everybody's gone except him. And we finally wait, and we see if the phone rings. That phone never rang. It was crickets. I can imagine now if that phone rang, the NFL would look a lot different these last 16 years. We took him. There was a Lambeau Field party below us. It was thundering boos. It shook our souls. It was like an earthquake, the booing that went on below us. Brett called the coach. He was unhappy. Brett's agent called me. He was unhappy. Aaron couldn't have been happy coming to a place that's cold where he's not going to play. No one was happy. And this not only draft night. This for three years. I dealt with Brett's side saying it sucks to come into work every day and have to sit next to your replacement. I dealt with Aaron's side saying, is he ever going to play? Is Brett ever going to retire? And this is what teams have to manage. The rest of the world goes on, criticizes the pick, as everyone did and on and on, but you have to manage these things. That's what's tough. So that was the Aaron Rodgers story. Obviously, it worked out. And it's interesting talking about player workouts these days and skipping off-season workouts. What really convinced us we could turn the franchise over to Aaron Rodgers was those off-season workouts, those two years when Brett would go down to Mississippi. Aaron got the keys to the team, and we saw over that period and had receivers coming up to us and saying, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. So we saw that. Uh, those two seasons where he ran the team for those 10, 12-week off-seasons and finally turned the keys over to him. But no one knows. I mean, no one – we didn't know Aaron Rodgers become Aaron Rodgers. Of course not. So that actually was recorded almost two whole years ago. And wow, are there some similarities there. Some that didn't even exist at the time that he said that. <laughs> I mean, we're all talking about it now. We're all talking about, you know, Aaron's not here for so much of the off-season programming, and Jordan is here, and he's running the team, and you get to hear um, not necessarily receivers, but uh, Dallin Levitt, Devondre Campbell uh, gushing over how good he looks in practice. And, I mean, <laughs> obviously none of this means that he's going to be good. We don't know if he's going to be good. We saw nine snaps against Philly. It doesn't mean anything. But it's crazy how that clip feels so much more similar to the Favre to Rogers transition now than it did two years ago when it was recorded. 
And does Jordan want a trade? I'm sure he does. Uh, he's also under contract. <laughs> and the Packers could, if they wanted to, <laughs> decide to pick up his fifth-year option. He could be stuck here for two years. Uh, he'd be very expensive. Let's look at the uh, fifth-year option for Jordan Love. So 2023, he has a cap hit of just under $4 million. He has uh, a little bit left of his uh, signing bonus. His base salary is $2.3 million. He has a $1.6.5 million uh, signing bonus left over. Um, so yeah, 3.94 million is his cap hit in 2023. You can easily fit that onto your, um, salary cap and still pay, uh, Aaron Rodgers. That's not an issue. The issue becomes in 2023, if you were to pick up his fifth year option, <clears throat> um, it is calculated by averaging the contracts of the third highest paid quarterback through the 25th highest paid quarterback. So we don't really know exactly what that will be. Uh, this is this is over the past five seasons. It's roughly $20 million. Maybe just a hair below, but I think it's almost exactly $20 bucks. You can't pay $20 bucks to Jordan and pay Aaron Rodgers. You can't pay that much for... You can't pay... <laughs> What is that, 70 million bucks for two quarterbacks? Can't do that. The question is just if you think that Rodgers will be back for 2023 and only 2023. If he's if if you pick up Jordan's fifth year option, then you're not bringing back Aaron in 2024. That's that's for sure. I will say I don't think the Packers will draft a quarterback this year. I don't think so. Because you still have Jordan Love under contract for 2023. I don't think they're going to carry three quarterbacks, three first-round quarterbacks uh, into the season. It's not a, a great draft class anyways. You got the top five uh, projected quarterbacks in this draft class. Bryce Young out of Alabama, very talented. A um, little bit of development left. Um, his height is something that, that concerns a lot of people. I don't know that his height concerns me a ton. I think he will be good in the NFL. CJ Stroud, um, very Jared Goff-like. I uh, would not be surprised to see him go to Detroit, in fact. Um, Stroud is very smart, um, reads the field extremely well. His best attribute is his brain. Very limited athlete, um, not fantastic under pressure, um, kind of needs a lot of stuff around him to go right in order for him to really make magic happen. But he, um, he is every bit as smart as any of the smartest quarterbacks out there. You know, Rogers, Brady, you know, very, just a machine of a brain. Uh, Kentucky's Will Levis is the third projected quarterback to go off the board. Not a fan at all of Will Levis. Um, a lot of people compare him to Josh Allen, and for the record, I did not like Josh Allen as a draft prospect either. Uh, Josh Allen overcame uh, all the obstacles in his way. <laughs> he had a lot of them. Um, I see kind of just the same dude in Will Levis. 
can another team make the same magic happen um, and develop Will Levis the way that Josh Allen was developed? Uh, we'll see. I would probably rather let somebody else take a gamble on that. Uh, Anthony Richardson out of Florida, uh, I think probably should go ahead of Will Levis. And I think probably will. I think Richardson is pretty good. Richardson is projected to go around where we're going to be drafting. So for reference, Tankathan, Tankathan has us currently with the number 14 overall draft pick. I think we're going to win one more game this season. I think we're going to beat the Rams, and that'll probably be it for wins for us this season. That's that's just my um, my theory, my prediction. Uh, could be wrong, um, but we've lost a lot of games this year. I, I, I don't really see us uh, overcoming who we have been, but we'll see. The, the talent is still there. They, As I've said all year long, whenever the Packers decide to start playing well, they can win all the games they want to. Um, but I think we'll win one more, and that's probably it. I, I don't think they're going to be Detroit. Um. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So they're probably going to end up picking around pick 15, 16 or so. And I think that's about the range that Anthony Richardson's going to go in. The other guy that some people are really high on is Hendon Hooker. Uh, a lot of folks wanted him to be the, uh, the Heisman winner. Um, and I think there's a much stronger case to be made for him as a, a Heisman quarterback than there is as an NFL quarterback. I think that the season he had was absolutely phenomenal. And definitely the the sort of uh, underdogs coming out of nowhere and, and taking down the top programs in the country was, was a huge theme of the 2022 college football season. And Hendon Hooker taking down Alabama was 
one of the biggest moments of college football this year. Fantastic case for the Heisman. Of course, his team is not in the playoffs, um, and he got hurt, unfortunately. Um, and 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 the result of that was that he did not finish in the top four in the in the Heisman voting. Okay, fantastic college quarterback. I don't see just about anything at all that gives me confidence he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. The scheme that they run in Tennessee, um, I there, there's just no translation between that and the NFL. It's it's a single read offense relies on just scheming a guy open and and asking a superior athlete to to make athletic plays after the catch. It's a lot of fun to watch in college. It's not how the NFL works. And Hendon Hooker has a lot of development ahead of him if he's going to be able to run an NFL offense. And I, I just don't I don't see it, man. Hendon Hooker maybe is a guy, maybe that you put in a Jordan Love type situation and let him develop for multiple years, and then you completely <laughs> um, reinstall everything there is about quarterbacking into this guy. And I don't think that Tennessee was dumbing down their offense for Hendon. I think it just is a dumbed-down offense, and this is the offense that Hendon was then thrust into. So understand, I'm not slandering Hendon. I am slandering the offense that Tennessee runs, and I'm just saying I don't think that Hendon has been set up to succeed in the NFL. We'll see. All right, back to Jordan Love. We've had a couple bad years of quarterback drafts in a row, by the way. Like this, this will be the third, the third uh, year of quarterbacking in a row that I don't know. Like. We we just we had what two or three years in a row of just like amazing quarterback classes. I think twenty twenty was um, probably got to be easily the best one. I mean, you had three guys in the first round that seemed like surefire can't miss prospects, and and like I said, they have been killing it in the NFL. And then Jordan Love was that fourth guy taken in the first round, and we still haven't gotten a chance to see what he can do. Uh, good against Matt LaFleur, Tom Clements. They have had a lot of opportunity to see what Jordan can do. Uh, this is what uh, Goody was saying. When was this? Uh, last week. During the season. You said that you've seen enough from Jordan. He's played one game in three quarters, basically, in his career. Why is that? Why have you seen enough? And, and yeah, I just think he's had, you know, I think obviously we've seen him for three years in practice and doing the things that he's doing. I think, you know, there was a stretch here while Aaron's been banged up where he's had a lot of, of um, reps with the ones. I think it was, it was great for him. I think that was just, you know, it was great for us to see, but it was also just really, really good for him and experienced, you know, game planning each week. And um, again, I mean, you know, I think quarterbacks got to get into this league, play a bunch of games before they learn how to win. Um, but I do think we feel very confident that, that Jordan can move the ball, score points, and do the things that we ask of our quarterbacks. So, do you, do you feel confident at this point with what you've seen that he is a starting level quarterback in the league? Yeah. Now, again, those guys have got to go out and do it in real games and, and, all, and all that. Um, and I think that's important. Um, but all young quarterbacks go through a period of time where no matter what individual success, I think it takes them a little bit of time to learn how to win in this league. And that's going to be important for Jordan whenever he gets his opportunity. Um, but that's a big part of it. I mean, it's, um, 
you know, learning learning within the game is very important for that development. Aaron also said something, Brian, about you know he'd be open to conversation if uh, you guys do get eliminated by one way or another uh, to uh, allow Jordan to get some of those reps before the season is out. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think you know obviously if we get to that point, we'll you know we'll, we'll kind of look at, at those things. But I think no matter even if we're eliminated from the playoffs, which uh, it wouldn't be ideal. I said we're going to still go out to win the game, right? I think that's really important. Um, there's a bunch of guys in that long locker room that deserve that. So we're going to go out to win the game, and we're going to make the decisions that are in the best interest of us going and winning the game. Do you want to see him win a game? For sure. I mean, I'd like, yeah, whoever's playing. You know what I mean? So um, it's uh, it's one of those things. It's it's as long as you know. I think whoever gives us the best chance to win needs to be out there. That's only fair to this locker room. That's the way I feel about it. I think Matt feels the same. So, um, again, um, there's always kind of, you know, different ways to look at things. But football is a little bit different game than some others. Um, so um, we'll make those decisions when we get, when we get there, uh, what's best for the football team and going out and winning those games. Is it hard to operate as an organization that after yeah. the season you have to have these conversations with your starting quarterback and you're left wondering if he's going to return? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think, again, we're fortunate to have really two really good quarterbacks, and, and as we move into that time period, we'll, we'll make those decisions as we go. But um, as I've been taught uh, from the time I walked into this building, whatever comes with having great quarterbacks, it's worth it. So I think that uh, him calling Jordan uh, a great quarterback is – somewhat revealing and I think uh, Goody has really beat around the bush much when talking about when they need to see more from guys or whether when they do like what they're seeing from guys but I think that uh, some of what he he said there when he was asked if he thinks love is ready to be a starter in the NFL he said yeah I do I do think he is he did add you got to go out and do it in real games Okay, well, I, uh, <laughs> you have an opportunity to play him here. You know, put your broken finger, forty-year-old vet, on IR, <laughs> and then play Jordan. Uh, whatever we we've had that conversation a million times. But the 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 other part of this whole equation is that, yeah, Jordan might want a trade. He probably does. Um, if he if he doesn't think Aaron's gonna be back, but he he can't demand anything. What's he gonna do? Sit out? <laughs> okay, well you're not playing anyways. So, yeah, are you gonna just not attend any of the the off season programming and continue to give them looks at you and continue to develop? I mean, not a lot of the teams around the league are gonna be that interested in you <laughs> just saying but green bay does need to work on their relationship or, or i should say prioritize their relationship with jordan they need to work on their relationships with their players they have kind of a track record over the last couple of years of pissing some guys off i mean you look at al Mazard's social media he does not have you know much in the way of of packers stuff on there um, he, he asked for a raise this year and said he was going to sit out until he got it. They didn't give it to him and just held his feet to the fire and said, look, you know, you, you don't have any options. You have to play for us. And so then he played. I think that that's going to matter when, come contract time, though, because he's a free agent this offseason. 
I would not be surprised at all if Lazard doesn't want to come back. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there are other guys who have felt the same way that Zadarius and Devontae have felt over the last couple of years. I'm not saying that the, that the Packers did anything wrong by Zadarius. Um, and, and we don't know the full story about Devontae, but the optics aren't great. And um, Andrew Brandt was talking about, has talked numerous times about how he kind of needed to be that guy in the organization for a young Aaron Rodgers that Aaron could come talk to him and express his frustrations and vent about, you know, that that he doesn't get playing time. And he's, and that, is he ever going to get to play? And, and he and Andrew sat for, you know, hours and hours over the years having conversations. And, and Andrew was kind of like always kind of having to put fires out and, and keep Aaron happy and keep in the building. And, and somebody's going to have to be doing that for Jordan. So, but I do think they like him. Um, and, and it was really fun seeing him against Philly. And I really, really hope we get to see him play in a few games down the stretch here um, to, to close out the season. We're not eliminated. Um, I don't think we'll be eliminated until week 17. Honestly, I don't. I've been saying that for like five weeks at this point. I don't think we're going to be eliminated until week 17. So you got to make a decision at some point. Are you going to play Aaron all year or are you going to give Jordan more than a game after the rest of the team has given up? They think that they've seen enough from him. They do. They they have to make their, their fifth year decision in just the next couple months. Uh, I think that to make it like a day or two before the draft, I forget. It's not hugely important to me what day on the calendar it is, but it's it's around that time. And they had to make they had to make the decision about uh, if if they're going to pick up his fifth year and and lock in that nearly twenty million dollars. I don't think that it makes any kind of sense to actually play him on that twenty million. But you lock him in, maybe, and then that gives you time to work out a longer-term contract with the guy. I think that they have groomed him to be their starter. If you weren't planning on doing that, I think that they would have traded him before now. That's that's where I'm at. So to me, you know, this comes down to in the next couple months. I, you know, I, I think what they do with Jordan's fifth-year option will be very, very telling about if Aaron's going to be back in 2024. And maybe he won't be back in 2023. Maybe Jordan is the starter starting next year. We'll see. But all this uh, consternation on social media about Wildy's speculation that Jordan will demand a trade, it, it, it's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. Um, it, it, the, the most that it can be is some smoke indicating a bigger fire that, that could rear its ugly head down the road a little bit, but it's it. There's nothing here, you know, and 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 if if Wildy is basing this off of the comments that he printed in his article, then there's definitely nothing there. I mean, I read them to you. He's got frustrations, but he's being patient and he he um, is making the most of of the opportunity that he has in front of him. So wait and see, wait and see. Um, I think I think we'll get at least one game of Jordan. I think that uh, week 18, we will get to see Jordan play uh, one way or another. And hopefully we get to see him prior to that. But we will have, I think, at least one more data point to consider 
as we head into this offseason, as, as the Packers make all their moves and decide on the course of action for the future, they got a lot of decisions to make. The roster as it stands today is going to have to change a lot. It's going to have to change dramatically heading into these next, I would say, two years, especially 2023. And how much you decide to bring back is, is going to, largely depend on what you do with Aaron Rodgers. But uh, that's all the time I have today. I'm going to wrap it up and get out of here. You guys have a fantastic day. I'll talk to you next week.